You are listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Welcome to a new week, and I'm thrilled to be starting your week off right with uh, my incredible guest today. Her name is Sonny McCandless, and you probably know her best from her work in the amazing documentary Free Solo. It's on Netflix and Amazon Prime, and it follows the work of her partner, now fiance, Alex Honold, in his summit of El Capitan. Um, And obviously, the work that he does in that film is just incredible. It's astounding. Um, But really what struck me, what was the impetus for me reaching out to her, was how positive she was, how strong she was. Um, It really really got my attention. And so I did some research, research on her and discovered that she is a life and transition coach. She's also the founder of an incredible organization, OutWild, which takes people out of their day-to-day on these retreats, and they can gain perspective and do life coaching and have a lot of fun doing scary stuff together. Um, And so I just knew she would be a wealth of knowledge, and she really is. And we talk about so many things during this episode. Um, I don't want to share too much, but really, by listening to this, you're going to gain some new perspective on how you can become healthier and happier in your life, in your relationships, um, why continuing to learn and grow is so crucial to that sense of happiness and well-being. Um, and so I'm really just thrilled to share her work and her perspective and her light with you today. If you love this episode, please share it with at least one friend. Please tag us on your Instagram stories at Motherhood Unstress. And of course, when you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, it does so much And I see and read each and every one, and I just appreciate it so, so much. So without further ado, please enjoy my episode with Sonny McCandless. This episode is sponsored by Motherhood Unstressed CBD. This is my line of organic USA-grown hemp that was specifically designed to help you, the listener, battle stress and anxiety naturally. And how does CBD work? Well, it works on your body's own endocannabinoid system. And when that system is working and in balance, It's affecting every other system in your body. So that means you're going to be sleeping better. You're going to be feeling less anxious. You're going to be feeling less depressed. You're going to experience less pain. All of those things are going to be running better than they were before because you're supplementing with phytocannabinoids to your own endocannabinoid supply. It's it's an amazing scientific fact and more science and research is coming out daily. I'm reading it all for you. Um, So if you are looking for an incredible product, you can go to motherhoodunstressed.com and use the code Buckhead to save. Thanks guys. Well, hello, Sunny. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so excited to speak with you. This got uh, rearranged due to my crazy schedule. So thank you for being flexible. And before we even begin, congratulations on your engagement. Thank you. Yes, that was that was just a little over a week ago now. Wow, that's awesome. Um, so we're going to talk about the work that you do, the amazing work, your philosophy on life. But before we get into all of that, I kind of wanted to take it back um, and tell us about that moment where you kind of gave up the status quo of the traditional, you know, college and then career and kind of carved out your own path. How did that happen? Yeah, absolutely. So I was, um, after college, I moved back to Seattle. I was actually from Washington originally. I moved back and I started working at a, um, a tech startup and I worked in a marketing position and I worked there for a couple of years. I actually loved working there. I loved my job. I loved my company. Um, and I also had studied abroad a few months before or a few months after I graduated and had seen this sort of 
more widely accepted lifestyle in Europe where people would work jobs for a couple of years and then take time off in between. And I was like, oh, that's that just makes so much sense that we would take a break in between jobs that we could reset, um, you know, spend time thinking about what we really want and who we are, push ourselves a little bit, explore. And that model really resonated with me. So a couple years after working at Energy Savvy, I, um, I decided to take some time off. It was also right around the time that I met my current fiance and my partner, um, and so we ended up kind of going on the road together. He was already on the road. I ended up joining him on the road for a year. And then after that year, I, I knew I, wa- I, I wanted and needed to go back to work. And it was kind of this realization, I think actually being on the road for a year, seeing all these different alternative templates for how to do life and how to create a business or how to make money, all of these different things kind of helps me approach that question with a lot more creativity and curiosity of like, well, what are my actual options? What is out there that I could possibly do? And um, I decided that I had enough money left in the bank account to give myself a little bit of a runway for starting a business and that if it didn't work, you know, that was okay. And I'd find something else, but that I'd give myself that sort of six month block of time to try it out. And that's when I started my, um, my one-on-one coaching business and, and kind of began this sort of alternative path for me, I guess. That's beautiful. I think so many people would benefit from having that space, giving themselves that space. Um, and I know, you know, a lot of people don't have financial means to be able to do that, or they're just kind of just plowing through life. I mean, I studied abroad in college too. It absolutely changed my life, changed my perspective on things. But when I graduated, I thought, okay, this is what I need to do. I need to have a safe, good job with good benefits. And I did that for 10 years. And then, you know, similarly to you, I kind of had a moment where I was able to step back and kind of look down and, and realize that, you know what, maybe this isn't the best choice for me. Maybe there's something more to life. So for the people that you do coach, um, what usually brings them through the door? Why do they reach out to you? So there's all sorts of reasons why people decide to do life coaching. I think my marketing is specifically, or my niche, I should say, is just specifically around people who want to have the outdoors a bigger part of their lifestyle. And so I'm often doing a lot of career coaching with people. And either, either that means maybe, you know, they want to move to somewhere where they have better access to the outdoors. And so that means changing jobs, or perhaps they want to do it like to apply for a new job that is based on being outside, or perhaps that they want to, um, work remotely so that they have more flexibility. It's usually in that sort of space. Um, but that being said, you know, I think sometimes people resonate with the outside part, but then we end up talking about relationships with family members or friends or partners, because inevitably it's all incredibly intertwined. There's never just one piece of the puzzle that's like, well, if I fix this and everything else would fall into place, it's, it's a big complicated spaghetti pile and you kind of have to pull strands out and look at how different things are affecting everything else. I think the question I always come back to is, your energy level, you know, what energizes you, what de-energizes you and how can we do less of what de-energizes you and more of what energizes you. And so you might come in with an expectation about what we're going to talk about. And then upon asking that question, realize that there's 
things you hadn't even been paying attention to that are wildly draining for you. Mm, I think that's really important. I think having a coach look at you from another period, like another perspective, maybe checking out your blind spots that you don't even know about um, can be really, really impactful. But why do you think so many people, I mean, I, when I picture people who are super into the outdoors, I always picture them as super self-aware, super strong, um, physically strong, mentally strong. Um, it's interesting to me that they still struggle with fulfillment and purpose. Mm-hmm. I, no, absolutely. They do. I mean, I think, I don't ever think it's, it's something, I don't think it's something you even just achieve once in your life, right? I don't think that once you find fulfillment and purpose, you're just set for the rest of time. I think it's something that comes in and out. You make it through a period of time where you feel incredibly value aligned. You feel like you're on track. You feel like your life is going the direction that you want it to go. And and six months later, that exact same solution might not be working for you anymore. So I think it's about being flexible. It's about and being okay with the fact that that's going to come in and out and you are going to come in and out of feeling that satisfaction or feeling that, um, you know, whatever, however it manifests for you. Ba- balance is another one where I'm like, I don't think you ever get to a state where mm-hmm. you're like, I've achieved balance now. It's more about knowing what balance looks like so that you can come back to it because inevitably things are going to throw you off track. Um, so yeah, I think we can all be asking ourselves what fulfills us and are we satisfied and are we energized on a, you know, a couple times a year because it might change. Yeah. And I think that's really critical. Those questions alone are questions that we're never taught to ask ourselves. We're never really taught to self-examine in this way. It's kind of like go to school, do what you need to do and pay bills, and that's it. And if you get married and have kids, like your life is success. And, you know, majority of my audience, uh, they're mothers And I think a lot of them are searching for more balance, as far-fetched as that is, for happiness, for purpose. Um, So what are some things that you do in your own life to nurture that part of you? Because it seems like you really are kind to yourself and you give yourself grace, you give yourself time. And for most people, that's just not the case. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that, I think there's a lot of, fixes out there that we already know. And I won't go into those because I bet everybody has heard them and, and they're awesome. And I think they're wonderful solutions, things like getting a little bit of exercise every day, things like, you know, developing a little bit of a meditation practice or um, having a self-care afternoon at least once a week, right? Or whatever it is. I think I think those things we know, I think for me, the more interesting side of that question is the more internal side. Like what is going on internally that is causing us to be so unbalanced and, and stressed? And and there's there's a million, you know, that's a very personal question and everyone's going to have very different things going on on the inside. One of the things that I think often comes up is actually insecurity. And I think that when we feel really insecure, we go to a lot of effort to prevent the people around us from knowing what we don't know, from figuring out that we don't deserve to be where we are or that we aren't doing it right or that we don't have all the answers. And it's exhausting. It's exhausting. And I actually, you know, when I work with mothers, this is not an uncommon thing that comes up because they have so many expectations on top of them. Nobody wants to be the the mom that goes up there and says, I have no idea how to mother, right? That would be 
that 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 could be associated with a lot of shame for somebody. Mm-hmm. And I think I would come in and say, that is absolutely okay. You do not have to have all the answers. It is okay if you feel insecure. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to not know how to do this. How would you know how to do this if you're a first-time mom, you know? And giving yourself that forgiveness and that space to say, okay, it's, I know what I know. I don't know what I don't know. And if I just accept that, and can communicate that to the people around me, I wouldn't have to go to all this work to hold up any sort of illusion. So that's, I mean, that's one potential strategy that I think is really interesting to look at, to just ask ourselves, what am I feeling insecure about that I'm not letting anyone know right now? And can I just go to a friend and tell them that today? Because it might take this enormous weight off my chest. Oh, 100%. And I think that when women do that, I mean, whether it's your book club or you're just getting your nails done or meeting for coffee, it's like this deluge of outpouring of emotions and everything that comes out. I mean, it's amazing the conversations that I've had with women at like carpool pickup and it's like, whoa, you know, but they've been just so hungry to release that dam and to express everything that you just said, all of the insecurities, all of the foibles that we might be going through. And it is, it is a relief to communicate that. And I think, I do think social media is changing where people are getting more real and being more authentic and sharing their true stories instead of the picture perfect Instagram moms and all of that, that still absolutely exists. But my hope is that it is changing because people are tired of comparing themselves to a picture perfect version of, you know, the mom next door. Oh, absolutely. And actually, Social media is such an, you know, that there's such a, I think there's such an easy opportunity to go into your feed and look at all the people you follow. And if somebody doesn't immediate, if, if, if that account doesn't energize you, unfollow it. It, you know, I think sometimes we follow these picture perfect counts. It's almost like, it's almost like the masochist in us of like, well, at least if I know what perfect looks like, <laughs> then I can like somehow, you know, try and create it one day. Mm-hmm. That person's life isn't perfect. <clears throat> perfect isn't something to aim for inevitably because we just raise the bar the, <laughs> the closer we get. And and I think it's it's actually just incredibly toxic. I think those accounts that make you feel like you're not enough are just not worth it. And it's and we have chosen to put that in our feed. Whatever is in our feed, we chose to follow that account and go in there and unfollow those people. And and not because it's personal, just because it's not working for you. And that's okay. It might work for a lot of other people. It might work for the person who makes that account. I don't care. But for you, if it's not working, it's not worth it. And there's so many accounts out there that might genuinely inspire you, you know, or or help you be more curious or whatever it is, you know, you can decide what you want your feed to do for you, but if it's stressing you out, it's just not worth it. I totally agree. And I think that that's going back to what you said earlier about that self-love aspect of, of giving yourself space and grace and that, you know, can change everything. And it's like, it's just these little tiny steps that a person can take to, to really swing a wide door. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you're also the co-founder of OutWild. Um, talk to us about that organization and what it's about. Yeah, so OutWild was actually kind of born out of, actually, well, speaking of social media, I, I found that a lot of people were showing up to my one-on-one coaching and they were saying, you know, whether it's through social media or other avenues, I'm seeing all of these people going on rad adventures and having cool lives and having alternative jobs. 
And, you know, I'm here at point A and that's point Z and I have no idea how to get there. I have no idea how to even begin shifting my life. And I realized that one-on-one coaching is an incredibly thorough and I believe helpful, wonderful process. But there is something to be said about, you know, we, I do coaching with my clients in their daily life, right? They're, they're pausing life for an hour and they're taking a phone call with me and we're talking through things. Um, but there is something to be said for actually stepping outside of our daily life to get a little bit of that perspective, which is actually how we started this phone call. Um, you know, talking about perspective and how do you get that? And so Outwild was kind of born out of this realization that there could be a really interesting fusion of being on a retreat, taking time outside of your daily life to spend three days somewhere beautiful outside while also doing life design courses, while mm-hmm. also taking workshops on that help you re-identify your values, that help you better understand um, your desires, that, you know, all of these different things so that at the end of the weekend, you can go back to your daily life and kind of reinsert what you learned. And so, um, so that's kind of how Outwild was born. And, and, and it was, you know, the theme of Outwild is to help people create more outdoor and value-driven lifestyles. And that's really our, our mission statement in a way. We, we want to help people step outside their life, get more perspective about what they need and want, and then take that back and actually begin to make change. Um, so anyway, it started a couple years ago. We've done quite a few of these three-day retreat style weekends. We have three coming up this year in 2020. Um, there's our flagship event, which is like a hundred people. It's oh, a wow. bigger event. Yeah. And then we also do smaller 16 person retreats. Um, so it's, it's a blast. I mean, mostly I just love, I mean, when the, the people who show up to Outwild, I find are just so ready to be vulnerable. They're so ready to learn and grow and shift. They're, they're, I don't know. It's, it's really inspiring for me to see as a facilitator. I'm, I'm inspired by them. I'm sure Mm -hmm. just as much as they are by the co-founders. I love that. I love that. And it almost seems like you're taking that, that break that you took when you went to travel um, and condensing it into three days for people. So you don't have to quit your job and give up your life and turn in your keys. Like you can actually remove yourself from life for three days, connect with like-minded people, and then get back in with, you know, essentially as a new person, really. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it should be manageable to fit into a work week. I mean, you have to usually, our retreats are Thursday night to Sunday afternoon. So you'd have to take off a Friday. Um, but otherwise it absolutely should be able to fit into your life. And I think it, it's a disruption and I think it's a really mm-hmm. fun disruption. We do, you know, so we combine these life design workshops and this retreat style wellness components with outdoor recreation. So we give people the opportunity to go whitewater rafting, to go rock climbing for the first time or second or third time, whatever it is to go hiking, to go on runs, you know, you can kind of choose your own adventure, but it's about providing these opportunities to say, Hey, it is, a, going to be completely acceptable to show up to this as a 100% beginner. And B, you're going to be surrounded by the most supportive group of people that you could possibly ask for who are going to be learning it right alongside you. And I think it just creates an opportunity for people to 
kind of check out that type of ex- outdoor exploration. And I, and I personally believe that things like rock climbing or hiking or rafting, any of those um, types of outdoor recreation are, are, you know, they're kind of metaphors for life in a way. Mm-hmm. And they push us in this really unique way. They help us get perspective. Sometimes being scared is a really good thing for us. It helps us see what really matters to us. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I could imagine. I mean, I've, I've done rock climbing, but I could just imagine, I mean, it's scary. (laughs) And you, I mean, I've seen your pictures, you've done some amazing climbs. Um, but for the person who maybe has never done that, I think that that would be just an awesome experience. And, and really like you're forming these lifelong bonds with people when you do scary shit together. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. And, And you're connecting about something completely unique, you know, just something, I think sometimes we get really, I, last year, one of my kind of words of the year that I felt like I brought up again and again and again was this concept of spinning our wheels and how often we get caught up in these micro dramas in life, these really small things that we will fixate on. And we will try and understand every single aspect of the situation. What was that person thinking? What was that person thinking? What did that person want? Why did this happen? How did this go? And we talk about it all the time and we think about it all the time. And it's these just really small situations often that we're just spinning our wheels around. And I think, I think it's de-energizing most of the time. I think most of the time, those small, you know, micro dramas of life or whatever you want to call them, they ultimately were putting energy into them that we could be putting into something else. And I think going and, you know, rock climbing for the first time or going on a hike, it's, it's, it's an opportunity to talk about something else to remind us of all the other wonderful things that we could be brewing over or thinking about. Um, and, and I like that. I like that it kind of forces our vocabulary to change in a way and to talk about new things. Yeah. And if you're faced with death, you're not really worried about what Susie said. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. It all matters a lot less. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But going back to the reason that I reached out to you initially, I mean, when I very first found you and found your work uh, was through the incredibly popular documentary Free Solo with your partner, Alex and Old. And, you know, as amazing as the work that he was doing and, and what he accomplished through that documentary, what really struck me was you and your fortitude and your strength and how you stood up essentially to a lot of a lot of tough stuff you know facing you know in the documentary he basically for those of you who don't know I don't know if you cannot know what this is um, but he does free soloing and um, puts his life at risk and you are there with heartful open loving him standing by him through all of that and he's essentially like pushing you away a lot um, and you're still there and you're just you so Talk to us about how you cultivated that in your personality. You know, were you born that way? What do you do to be so strong? Oh, there's a lot in that question. (laughs) Um, You know, I think, I think one of the reasons that Alex and I work really well is because I am completely comfortable with him having a strong opinion about something and it doesn't make me feel like I have to think that way or feel that way. And I think the more that we can cultivate that in our life, often the better we do. Sometimes when we're confronted with somebody who sees something really differently than us, there's this gut reaction of defensiveness, really, of like, well, if you think that and I don't think that, you must, be, you must think poorly of me. 
And, and actually, you can see this in the state of our politics right now. It's very divisive. It's very, like, there's two sides and there's no in between. And there's a lot of hate for the other side on, on each side. And I think if we can talk to somebody who has a really strong opinion about something that we don't necessarily fall into, to be able to hear that and not make it personal and not feel that it has to say something about us, that they can just believe that and we can believe something else and, and that doesn't have to say anything about who we are or who they are, I think really helps. And I think it really helps in partnerships. And the thing with Alex is that if I wasn't that way, I don't think our relationship would have ever worked. I don't think there was another option. If I had just sort of, you know, tried to adopt however he felt or tried to act how he was acting and hadn't just showed up as who I was, ultimately I think that would be completely unsustainable. Um, and so it was kind of the only option. It was like either I'm going to have to show up and be me or this just isn't going to work. Mm. And there's no use even trying. Um because he does have a really strong personality and he does have really strong opinions. And I also think there's something circumstantial about it too, right? I mean, I think when people watch free solo, they think that they're watching our whole life. And, you know, in reality, that documentary takes place over the course of multiple years. And, and it's a microcosm of our relationship together, right? I mean, Alex prepping for that climb was obviously a huge part of where his energy went to for that, for, um, for that period of time, but it wasn't the only place his energy went for that period of time. And, and so I think when you have a partner who has a very specific circumstance in their life and you know, okay, this is a lifelong dream. We've been dating for a year and a half. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to take the back seat a second. Because that's okay. It doesn't mean that they don't love me. It doesn't mean that I'm not important. It doesn't mean that there is going to be a time when I am the singular focus of your attention. (laughs) It just means that it's not right now. And that is pretty freaking understandable, given that you've spent your whole life wanting to achieve this thing. And I think all of us, you know, we, it's good to look at our partners and think about what what is that thing that they really care about where I could just be a hundred percent okay playing support role for a sec because it's that big of a deal to them. Mm. I know that it's not going to be forever. I knew that Alex wasn't going to be trying to free solo all cap for forever. I knew that he was putting a lot of time and energy into it and he was either going to decide that it wasn't possible or he was going to decide like, this is my moment. Um, and so I think, you know, I was, I was definitely okay taking a back seat because I knew that long-term that was the best way that I could show that I love him and that there would be numerous opportunities for him to show me how he loves me after that. Wow. That was so well said. That was beautiful. And I think so many women listening to this have done that or maybe not done that as well. And are thinking, okay, I mean, I'm speaking for myself, like taking notes you know, the next time my husband really needs some support and, you know, instead of resenting him or saying harsh things and, you know, throwing a fit, being like, okay, I get it. You know, this is your time. And, you know, when the time comes that it's my time, you know, you'll be there too. And I think they do. I mean, I think we are always reflected back with what we give. And so your example is really just 
really just rare and really beautiful. So thank you for that. Yeah, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we are at the point in the interview where I have some rapid fire questions for you. Oh gosh, okay, I'm (laughs) never good at these. (laughs) But give me what you got. (laughs) No, they're not bad. Um, Okay, intentional living is? Intentional living is taking time to pause and reflect on what we actually want to create versus falling prey to what everyone else, what we think everyone else thinks we should be doing. Mm. I'm grateful for. I am grateful for my partner, my friends, and my family. And last one, what's something that you've learned in life that you wish someone would have told you earlier on? I think one of the things that comes to mind is that learning is a lifelong process. I think so often when we're young, we associate school with where you learn and then everything outside of school is where you perform and apply. And I don't think that's true. And I don't think school is the only place you can or should learn. I think I learned just as much from my job as a cashier in high school or waitressing in college or as a nanny as I did in the classroom. And I think they're both incredibly valuable. And I think that after school, it is up to us to continue our education in whatever ways that we see fit. And it's worth it. And it's worth it to carve that time out for education, to not just feel like now that school is over, my education is done. Um, so that I could have started prioritizing that sooner. Wow. Well, you are definitely a very old soul. Um, but thank you for sharing your light. And is there anything that you're wanting to learn next in the spirit of continuing education? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> wedding planning. <laughs> yeah, actually. How does a wedding work? I eloped. Um, I eloped. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? That has not that has crossed my mind. That is not off the table. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reading Esther Perel right now. I'm mm-hmm. reading like, Mating in Captivity, and it is exceptional and fascinating. And it really does bring about so many questions about our sexual lives and what a healthy sex life looks like, and what healthy partnership looks like. And I'm just loving it and eating it up and. So I guess that's what I'm learning about right now. I love it. And I love her. So, uh, yeah, I'm all about it. Thank you so much, Sonny. <laughs> this was fabulous. Thank you so, so much for sharing your story, your light, all of your advice. And uh, keep doing good work. Well, thank you so much for having me. It was so wonderful to be on the show, Liz. You are such a ray of light yourself. And I've seen your TED Talk. And um, uh-huh. obviously have a wonderful presence as a podcast host. So thank you for having me. Thank you. You have been listening to the Motherhood Unstressed Podcast, and I'm your host, Liz Carlisle. Thank you so much for tuning in, and uh, if you love this episode, please share it with at least one friend. Tag us on your Instagram stories. That's a great way to support the show. Make sure that you're subscribed so that you never miss out on a morning meditation or on an interview with an incredible person doing incredible work in the world. Um, And if you haven't already, um, please hit those five stars on Apple Podcasts because it really does... Uh, boost the show's rating and just it gets the message out to more and more listeners. So thank you.